And well, kids, if you'd like, you can go if you're here. <coughs> While they're doing that, Merry Christmas. Y'all look so beautiful. Um, yes, there we go. I got them from the middle row there. Thank you. If you would, let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to take a fun little journey, maybe something different than the typical Christmas Eve journey. But uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1, looking in the first couple of verses there. And once you have that, if you would please stand for the reading of God's word. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah, and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron, this is exciting, isn't it? Yes, it should be very exciting on Christmas Eve. And Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amabadab, and Amadabdab the father Nashalon, and Nashahan the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed, and Ruth and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. And this is where we're going to end. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. God, right now, help us to understand your words in this, at this Christmas season. God, I just pray today, Lord, that you would come and speak to us about peace. I think that the world and probably many people in here are seeking, are looking, and are desiring for peace to be in their lives. And God, Christmas is all about peace coming down. So God, today, come into the hearts and lives of your people. We pray against the enemy in the name of Jesus. And we just pray today, God, that you would come and bring a mighty truth into our lives and set us on a course to Christmas that's beautiful and peaceful. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Let me ask you this question to kind of start out. Um, Have you ever struggled with the love of God? Have you ever thought maybe that the love of God just isn't quite good enough for you? Now, maybe not in this moment because you're here today, but probably at some point in your life or in your journey, you have thought that the love of God might not go the distance that you need it to go. Or maybe, maybe you're that person That's looking at other people and thinking that, well, the love of God is never going to go that far in their story. I hope you're not that person. You know, every Christmas Eve, we look at the baby. We look at Mary. We look at Joseph. We look at the simplicity of these events. We look at how they really aren't what we kind of expect. It's different than what would have been expected I mean, think about it. When Charlotte was born over in England, Princess Charlotte, right? There was attendance. You know who that is? Like Charlotte? Okay. All right, you're with me. Okay, good. There was attendance. There was nurses. Probably the best of the best were a part of that birth and all of the other births of the royal family. But my goodness, the greatest royal family ever to come to be didn't have nurses, didn't have attendance, didn't have hoopla, and video cameras and paparazzi all around. They just had simple people with a simple purpose and it had everything to do with Jesus coming down and being a part 
and stepping into the mess, the mess that we had turned the world into. Well, what do you think? When you think of a mess, what do you think of? You ever have a mess at your house? You might have one right now getting ready for tomorrow, right? It's a little messy. Sometimes in our lives, we're a little messy. We're a little broken. We're a little hurt. We're a little like in a bunch of pieces, not sure how to put it together. Church, when we, and think about this, when we think about the love of God as not limitless and not going to distance, then we miss the Christmas story. And that's why I want to bring you back to David, King David. Most of you, and I hope in here, have some kind of concept of who King David is. If you know anything about scriptures, you'll know that there is more spoken about King David than anyone else in the Bible. More scriptures, more references to King David. Which means what? That he's probably really important. Yes, yes, they're with me. Really important, right? Because if you talk about somebody, I mean, think about it in your life. If you only talk about this one person over and over and over again for years and years and years, you're probably what? Either in love or obsessed with that person, right? Or it means something to you. That person means something to you. Well, in the Bible, King David is significant. What's interesting about King David is that let's be honest with ourselves. He is a little messy. And at times, probably, we are what? A little messy. And so Jesus came into, I would say, a little bit of a mess, to take that mess, to work through it, and to bring peace. Let's talk about King David for a moment, and I want to just talk about his legacy. Obviously, it's here, and obviously, have you heard about, like, business being out there? You ever had your business out there? Well, I'm pretty sure, and David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. That's his business, right, in Matthew, many, many years down the road, out there. So let's talk about his legacy. He became the king, yet he wasn't in line to be the king. Actually, Jonathan, who was King Saul's son, should have been what? The king. That's just how it works. It's just the lineage and the next person. God came in and said, that can't be. He anointed David. He messed up the lineage and set David into the lineage and changed things forever. Interesting way to get there. David was also remembered as one of Israel's greatest kings. Greatest kings ever. Wise, won battles, sought the heart of the Lord, wrote much of scripture, beautiful heart. We also know that he took advantage of his power. How many of you have ever been in a situation where someone has taken advantage of their power? And unfortunately, he took advantage of his power in a pretty awful way. He took advantage of Bathsheba, and not only did he take advantage of her, but he took advantage of his power and killed her husband. Now I want you to think about something here, and this is why, and I'm gonna loop around at the end, but have you ever like gone after something extravagant? You know, like extravagant? All right, listen, let's be honest, okay? Many of you, because you can't tell me this isn't true, across three services, okay, there is going to be some people at the end of tomorrow who are disappointed. There's no way statistically, look around, that every person's going to be pleased with what they receive tomorrow and not have disappointment. Can you say amen? amen. Okay, right? We, we just are like that. But think about this. When you go after the extravagant, what kind of journey do you have to go after? A long one. See, think about it. That, that wasn't David's. Bathsheba wasn't David's. 
Oftentimes when we go after things that are not of God, it's not meant for us. It isn't ordained for us. Sin does that well. It takes us down paths of seeking things that are not, not of God, but seem so extravagant and so beautiful and so incredible. And so King David went after what, what wasn't his and set a course and I don't know if you do this, but like children like to do this. They like to do like a little lie, right? And then they have to do, that's from the other day. Um, that's very random. It's always distractions in here. But anyway, um, it, with, with kids, right? They often like have a little white lie, right? And then in order to keep that lie up, they have to do what? They have to lie again, right? Which you've never done because you've never been a kid and you never lie. But then you have to lie again after that lie because that lie has to be stood up with another lie to keep it going. And eventually as a parent, you say, hey, did, did you know that I've known all along that you were not telling the truth? Like, I was just letting you kind of roll on the path. You know what I mean? And see how far you take it. David lived a lie. He lived a mess. Yet what's crazy is we don't like to admit this, but chronologically, God actually loved David after the messy moments. In fact, God brought forgiveness, restoration. There was a journey. There was a sure journey to get back there. And then God still used. And here's what you need to think about. Because God removed Saul's lineage. He could have come down and said, you know what, I'm going to pick someone else. But instead, he let the lineage continue. And Solomon was a product of Bathsheba. And I feel like it's a little bit of vindication in here for Bathsheba and Uriah. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. No more hidden. No more hidden mess. It's out there. Forgiveness is had. Change has been made. Pretty tremendous. But I think this just is true. King David's life is a classic example of the steadfast love of God. Showing up in the midst of a mess. Showing up in the midst of a mess. There's a psalm that if you have time, I know it's Christmas this week, but Psalm 89, it's a psalm of lament. And it talks about a couple of things and I want to just share with you because it's from David's heart and it helps you kind of understand his journey but my goodness, the psalm, it's long. But it's one that speaks of the faithfulness of God. Think about David. Made a mess. God still loved him. God still worked through him. God never took back his words that David was a man after his own heart. He never went back and said, you know what, forget that. I didn't mean to say that. I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. I don't. Psalm 89 is also a great a great testimony of the steadfast love of God in the past, in the present, and in the future. Because that psalm references what's coming at Advent, which is Jesus Christ. And that God is a God of his promises. And at Christmas, we celebrate those promises. It's also a psalm of, hey God, how long are you going to remain hidden? How long are you going to stay in the, have you ever felt like, You've been hidden from God and he just doesn't hear you. See, sometimes when we're in a mess, it's not God that's not waiting, it's us that's not turning. This psalm was also one of, hey God, how long are you going to be angry with me? Where's the former love that we once had? And then as psalms do, 
They kind of do a big circle, and the circle goes into, wait a minute, here's my unfaithfulness. Wait a minute, here's the sin. Wait a minute, here's the repentance. And then it ends with the reminder that God fulfills his promises. Have you ever gone in a circle with God? From throwing out your mess to working through it with him, recognizing that he's there, and coming back to him. So think about this. If God can take this broken life of David and ultimately bring about redemption for the whole world through him, what can God do with our brokenness when we repent and lay our lives before the feet and throne of Jesus? God loves us, you, where you are, in the midst of where you are, and wants to bring peace and wholeness to you this Christmas. Another thought as we journey back to Mary. The Prince of Peace is born into a simple and perfect mess. Now, let's just be honest, right? Many of us would call the way in which Jesus came kind of messy, not in like a a proper place. I mean, let's be honest. Jesus was not born in what we would consider, even in that day, a healthy, sterile, good environment. But yet, I think if we were to talk to God, it was just how he wanted it. Simple, not extravagant, not over the top, taken care of. It's a beautiful, and think about this, it's a beautiful example of how God works in very simple ways and uses very simple people. Mary was a real person. She was a real person. She was young. She was new at all this. Yet I say this every year, and I think it's important for us to recognize. When she sang her song, there was evidence in that song that she knew that God had scanned and looked and sought the hearts of the women of the day and found her heart pure and ready to be the one to birth the Christ child. And let's think about it. I mean, it was kind of messy. They had to run because there was a, let's say, a, something on Jesus' head. The authorities wanted to get rid of him. This simple child born in this simple way. And so they had to flee and had to go other places and live in a really unexpected place for a long time. And so really nothing of the Christ child's birth and all the events that surround it seem just like normal or perfect, or like many of the ways that even you were born. Some would say it's kind of messy. Some would say, wow. I mean, if this is really God's child, couldn't, couldn't it have been better, bigger, more fanfare? I think the fanfare came when the angels came and God used shepherds. And so... Christ comes to bring peace, shalom, in the midst of our messy. Think about it. This season, Christ wants to come in the midst of your messy. In the midst of your attitude, he wants to step in and say, this doesn't have to be your reality. In the midst of maybe your dislike of someone else, he wants to come in and say, this doesn't have to be your reality. Maybe in the midst of your sin, he wants to come in and say, This doesn't have to be your reality. Maybe this Christmas he's coming in and seeing a person that is just on fire 
and excited about the simplicity that Jesus has brought to their life. And maybe this Christmas, you just need an encouragement to say, keep on keeping on. This is a story for us. Think about this for a second. King David, for some time in his life, he went after the extravagant. He went after something that he shouldn't have gone after. Let's be honest, all of us, right, at some point in our life have gone after something that God did not intend for us. Sometimes it's even godly things. Churches go after things that weren't intended for them. People that are godly people sometimes go after things that weren't intended for them. And so King David saw an extravagant woman dressed well and beautiful and went after it and started a path that was hard and messy. But God still used him. But God still uses us. Yet then there's Mary. Simple, peaceful, humble, willing to be used, Mary. She wasn't a queen. She wasn't a part of wealth. She wasn't like just this extravagantly wealthy, incredible person. She was good, godly, faithful, simple. And God used her. And God used her to come in the midst of the mess of the world. If you know anything about what was happening in that time and the silence that God had, it was a mess. And evil was running rampant. And people were going after things that were not of God. Church, I don't think it's much different than what we're facing today. People are not seeking after the things of Christ. People are not being consistent in their journey and their walk with Christ, and they're seeking things that aren't bringing peace. Church, I think our world wants peace more than anything. And the people around you find peace in different ways than God does. And church, you have the answer. You have the heart, you have the hope, you have the way. All of which comes through Jesus Christ. David realized that the extravagant didn't bring him peace. It brought him a journey. It brought him a journey. Did you see the next one fall? I'll just acknowledge it to get over it, right? I don't know how many more are coming. Oh, there's a bunch. Okay. Maybe I'm breathing too heavy or something, but... Uh. I want you to just think about it. Are you seeking after the extravagant? We had a friend, and we're alive, so to be careful, but we had a friend who, um, whose husband didn't do it well, meaning like birthday and Christmas. Now, I don't do it well either, so I can admit that, but um, didn't do it well, and so um, finally gave her husband um, how it was done for her when she was a child, and it was very extravagant, and how it's going to be done at Christmas and her birthday from then forward. And being a good husband, he did that crazy right? The things that she had him do for her birthday, the surprises, the not surprises, how much was too much, how much was too little. And in our budget, it was way over, way over. And I felt like that was extravagant. I've never forgotten that. And what's funny is that every time we spoke to her after a birthday or an event, it was great, but gosh, 
And when she would describe what he did for her, I would say, gosh, can you stop? My wife is right here. Like, can you just, do you know what I mean? Can you not go any further? Can you have to go to the bathroom or something, right? Just stop it. Because I, I, I just thought it was way overboard. And my sweet wife, we, all, we got in the car and she said to me, don't you ever do that. There's no reason for it. There's no reason for it. And it's a waste of money. And it's way too extravagant. Church, because the extravagant that you're seeking after will not bring you wholeness, it will not bring you peace. What it'll do is it'll leave you wanting and waiting for the but. It just wasn't quite, it just wasn't quite enough. Church, if you don't seek Christ for your peace and your contentment, I promise you as I stand here today, it might be a year or two down the road when the enemy finally disappoints you in your pursuit, but it's gonna come and you're gonna be disappointed and you're gonna be messier than ever. But thankfully, even then, God can come and he can work in and through the messy. So let me just share something with you in closing. You find peace in the simple not in the extravagant. Extravagant throughout the Bible and the pursuit of extravagant never worked out, church. And it'll never work out for you. It might for a time, but it won't for the season of life. It always brought out the worst in people. Think about what it brought out in David. He murdered an innocent dude that was so faithful to him. In church, we often say, well, that's, that's not, a, I mean, that's just crazy. And you know how many times when we're pursuing things that are not of God, we hurt people along the way that love us, that care for us, and that are there for us. So the pursuit of the extravagant never resulted in peace. If you think today that the extravagant is going to bring you peace and contentment, then you need to prepare yourself for a letdown for a but moment. The birth of Jesus Christ was not extravagant. It was simple. It was beautiful. It was just the way God intended it. And when you pursue the simplicity of the gospel, your pursuit of the extravagant decreases and your peace increases. So church, this Christmas season, you're going to think it tomorrow at the end of the day when all the gifts are done. Don't let that. Just be thankful. Just be grateful. It doesn't matter what's under your tree. It matters what's in your heart. It matters what's in your family's heart. It matters the peace that you lead this season with, which is a peace that comes into the mess and says, I am here. Let's journey. Let's walk. Let's move. Let's bring true peace, which can only be found through Jesus Christ. Church, the world's seeking it in so many places. Don't. Seek it through Christ. You know, when Jesus did things, he did them just... So simple, so beautiful. He didn't do a lot of hoopla when he healed or 
moved in the lives of people. He just, he just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. It wasn't about the praise. In fact, most of the time he said, please don't go and... Because Jesus taught us that if we seek the non-simple, we just aren't going to be happy. And true happiness comes through a relationship lived well with Jesus. So I'm going to ask you now if you would just take your candles. Would you come over? And I'd like uh, different people from different sections, if you would just come. Let's use the Advent candles to light our sections. I feel like a lighter just feels non-unifying. There you go. And then pass on your light. This light represents the light of Christ that's in your heart and can be in your world. And so as you light it, think about the light that's in your heart. And if you're a baptism candidate, head out. Please.
today at this Christmas season, we say thank you, we praise you, we honor you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask if you would just be seated for a few more minutes. You can blow your candles out. We're going to ask the baptism candidates to
Terry, Terry wanted me to share with you today that a year ago she was diagnosed with cancer, but God has given her a second chance at life. So in turn, she wants to give her life back to God and serve him what days he gives to her. We love you. We're proud of you. God bless you. got baptized years ago and when I came out I felt free I didn't know what it meant though um, I've been in Indiana now for six years I've been lonely and lost and uh, I got invited to AFC multiple times and um, I got told about God multiple times and I was resistant and now I'm not so I thank God, and my life is going to be full of joy, and I thank AFC, and I'm, honey, I'm home. everyone. My name is Destiny and I'm an alcoholic. Wait, this is the wrong meeting. No, I'm just kidding. I was in active addiction for 10 years with whiskey. I used to say alcohol, natural, whiskey, and weed. They were my favorite. God stepped in and he gave me a child. I was prayed over and I finally conceived after my meemaw passed. I was born to two addicts. My mom left me on my Mimo's doorstep when I was 17 years old, when she was 17 years old and said, I don't know what to do with her. Thankfully, my Mimo raised me. She taught me everything except for 
how to live without her. And I struggled for a long time because I was really lost without her. And by happenstance, I came to this place because of the amazing playroom. I have two kids, we need a lot to do. And I was at the coffee shop buying a coffee and this girl said to me, she goes, you should come to church here. And I go, they probably won't accept me, okay? They probably ain't gonna like somebody like me. She said, no, come just exactly as you are. I was in a tank top and shorts, all my tattoos were out. And I said, okay. So I scoped it out for my family and I have found my home. Thank you so much. shoes off, boy. So this is Silas Lessing, everybody. Yeah, give it up for Silas. And Silas has written something here. I'm getting baptized today because I thought it was the correct thing to do to go deeper into my faith and learn more about Jesus. Baptism is a way to tell people that you're a Christian and that you're not ashamed of the gospel. I watched my brother get baptized and of course Jesus was baptized, so it must be pretty important to do it. My heart has been telling me for a while now to be baptized, so that is what I'm doing. Amen, church. Tell us today why you want to be baptized. Because um, in the Bible, I saw Jesus get baptized in the river, Jordan River, and it must be pretty, really important to be baptized because Jesus was, even though he's never sinned before. Do you accept Jesus today as your savior, your king, and your friend? All of the above. Awesome. All right.
This is Mia. And Mia, can you tell us today why you want to be baptized? I was, I just, when I was two years old, my parents just let me, um, I just been asking my mom and dad to get baptized, and I just feel like my heart is leading me that way. Okay, very good. Mia, do you choose Jesus today as your savior, your king, and your friend? Yes. All right, okay. Jasper. Jasper, can you tell us today why you want to be baptized? To follow God and in, in His steps. Okay. And do you choose God today as your Savior, your King, and your friend? Yes. better way to go into Christmas. So keep Christ at the center. We love you. We're thankful for you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. So proud of each and every one of you. Make sure to congratulate them.